0: Let's do it.
1: Have we already been recording?
0: The whole time. Oh,
1: fantastic.
0: Since earlier today. (laughs) It's been on the entire time. Yeah, lots of just white noise and swearing. Sweet! Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit. A podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And
1: now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. All right, hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 17 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast,
0: and I am Trevor L. Nelson. And I'm Alex Dark, and today we are going to be talking about filmmaking for actors. But first, what are, what we, are drink? we drinking?
1: Uh, you know what? This, uh, this is a sad day for me.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm sick.
1: Uh, you know it's 110 degrees in LA, and I have a cold somehow. Yeah. So I'm drinking some, uh, you know, the vitamin C powder bullshit. Wow. I know it's it's come to this. It's it's that a sad sad day when I That's I had a regret.
0: I had a beer earlier, but did you leave it out so it fermented or mm-hmm. is it just it's like
1: kombucha uh,
0: yeah. orange? Yeah.
1: Oh, Disgusting. God. I don't care how sick I am, I won't drink kombucha.
0: Disgusting.
1: Uh, what are you drinking though, Alex? What am I drinking? It's uh Still rocking that... Uh, it's a Kua Bay India Pale Ale. Yeah. It's pretty good. Still rocking the Kona Kona Brewing Company's beers from Alex's wedding.
0: Yeah. We got a lot. We do. How's your uh, whiskey at in- home? Well, I haven't even touched it. Oh, nice. So still got two full bottles.
1: <laughs> I would say you haven't been drinking, but I know that's a lie, so you must be drinking some other stuff instead of the whiskey. Just so much beer. Oh, that's true. So much beer. How many, how many cases do you still have at home? Only one more. Ooh, good. Good. But you know what? When it's this
0: hot, beer is much better than whiskey. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I'll tell you that much.
1: Okay, so uh, moving on. What's new? Well, we already said I'm sick. Shocking that I could get a cold in L.A. in the middle of summer, but mm-hmm. I did it. I successfully mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congratulations. Know? Thank you. One of the few accomplishments I have in my life. Um, so yeah, that sucks. But it started like yesterday. And knowing my track record, it'll be done tomorrow because I only get sick about once a year, sometimes once every two years, and it gets done pretty fast. So hopefully this is gone by tomorrow.
0: You're a picture of health.
1: hmm. My diet is just totally healthy, <laughs> and you know, I don't know how I got sick.
0: It's from eating all the bacteria <laughs> that allows you to stay sick-free.
1: Yeah, that's right. It just it, it came back at me. It's a payback now. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else are we doing? What else is new? Uh, we're working on a new tool to help screenwriters. Uh, we're gonna announce that soon. Yeah. Um. You know, a little physical tool because. Yeah, something you, that will actually ship out. Yeah, ship out and make it. Uh, you know, uh, it'll be a physical thing that you can hold in your hand rather than all this digital shit that people are putting out.
0: Yeah, trying to do something different. But, yep. Yep. Um. What else? What else? What else is new? Oh, to us? our streaming setup is done. We That is right, yeah. We have a cool little setup. It looks so much better than what we were doing before. Not that we were doing a whole lot because we were just using my phone really. Yeah. But and, now we have a Canon C three hundred hooked up to a computer. Yep. Um able to live stream lighting. out to Facebook and YouTube's. Lighting already set up in the on the ceiling and yeah. on some rolling stands. It's pretty nice, I must yeah. say.
1: I can't I can't complain. I mean, if if you've heard us jab about the podcast that it's probably the most um consistent thing we've done. We don't like to do things that are too hard, uh on we a don't. consistent basis. So we, we are doing these videos. Um and it's not that we
0: don't want to do them, it's, it's just, just that it it becomes overwhelming yes. with all the other stuff that yes. we have to we're do. We're so
1: busy. Yeah, we're um, very busy. And so uh we we're like LA to s- busy. Yeah, there you go. We're L.A. busy. Everything's like, in like We'll be there on L.A. In t- on time. Yep. Um, so we set it up so that's super easy to record, and we can just kind of push a button and go.
0: Yeah, and we did our first Stage 32 video. Yeah. Not we- too long ago with the streaming setup, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. Was that with the streaming setup? No, it wasn't
1: actually. (laughs) That was with your phone that made us, pardon for the coughing, you're going to get that a lot today. Uh, That was actually with the phone that we used and that kind of led us to, hey, maybe we should set up something so we can uh, get a little better quality.
0: So we haven't done it yet for Stage 32, but we're about to. If you head over to the Stage 32 blog, that's where we're going to be. But we did do a video on
1: on Facebook Live. We did. Um, So if you go to Cinema Summit's Facebook page, you will see the video
0: there. Yeah, it was our first sort of attempt. Pretty clunky, you know. We're working out the the kinks, yeah. ironing out the wrinkles, yep. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. we'll do it again here soon.
1: We're gonna probably do a couple videos next week when I feel better, as well as some some stage 32 two videos, as well as some some live Facebook, Facebook lives, things. So yeah. again, if you have any questions about filmmaking. Send it to us and uh, we'll try and answer
0: those in the live videos. Yeah, put them in the comments. Yeah, put them in the comments, and we'll answer that. some yeah, we'll, questions.
1: Yeah, we'll try our best. And then, uh, speaking of, we surpassed 2,000 streams pretty cool Cool for us. I mean, other podcasts probably laugh at us, but yeah. if
0: they knew we existed, but, but we did it on hey, episode 16, which is an improvement from when we reached a thousand streams.
1: That's true. That's true. We uh Yeah, you're right. It it took us a little bit shorter time to get the next 1,000, so I'll take it. Yeah. Maybe it means we're improving
0: and people are liking us more. Who knows? Maybe. I I don't go with the... Definitely not in the improving section. I'm not an expert on social cues and other things like that. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not a mathematician, (laughs) so who knows? Few are. Few are. I know I'm not. 2,000 streams now. I feel like next week, next month, I don't know. Maybe we can get to like 10,000 next month. I was going to say 200,000, but your math may be better than mine. Yeah. Well, I don't know you you carry the, the one the son of a mathematician,
1: yeah, that's true that's doesn't bode well for me, no it doesn't. I was such a whiz at math in high school, <laughs> and it just started drinking and it just fell out. It just mm-hmm. dropped and
0: uh my... you were a whiz, and you still are
1: <laughs> look at you, aren't you so funny <laughs> <laughs> I hate you um yeah, so that'll do it for what's new with us. uh, look at us. we actually have something uh, some uh. Oh, also, we're going to go to Vegas to see Zeph's uh, premiere true. of his movie. He invited us out there. We're going to go. We're never going to turn down an excuse to go to Vegas.
0: Yeah, can um, never do that.
1: So we're going to go and uh, check out his movie on the big screen and see uh, see how it's, it's received. to
0: see that at the Brendan Theater in Las Vegas yeah. if you're there. August 23rd? Yeah, tw- 23rd at 10 p.m., I yeah. believe.
1: So, check uh, it out. Come on by. We'll try and sneak you in if you don't want to pay for the ticket, but you should pay for the ticket.
0: Yeah. Just pay for the ticket. Yeah, just pay for get the ticket. Cheap skates.
1: Yeah. I mean, this I this <laughs> podcast is free, so I wonder if we're barking up the wrong tree asking people Probably. to pay for things. Well, who knows? Um, okay, so on to the main topic. And now we get this question a lot because in this day and age it is very easy for people to do their own projects, which also means that a lot of actors are turning to creating their own products and creating their own projects to kind of get out there and um, you know, not waiting around for a manager or a um uh you know an agent to get them something they're making their own stuff with their friends could kind of showcase their skills
0: yeah and, i think that's a pretty good tactic i mean yeah i don't want to brag but i used to be an actor Ooh. <laughs> uh, did a pretty good one
1: <laughs> uh if you guys are interested you should look up uh Burncrant six one six spelled like it sounds and is it? no no not at yeah, all. Probably. Um, uh, Alex was in that. He was also that on was General Television Hospital. Show, he so was also know. on General Hospital for an episode. Oh
0: my god! What was
1: it? One Life to Live. What were you, the detector ha- Detective Hammer?
0: Yep, uh, that was all my children. All my
1: children for uh, one or two episodes.
0: I was a recurring character. Yeah. Uh, that he that made they up. brought me back
1: <laughs> that he made up um, multiple times. but yeah so i was just an actor and then he kind of i don't know did you
0: fall out of love with it or yeah yeah it, it well i actually went to school to usc thinking that i would be an actor okay and my brilliant idea back then <laughs> was to not go to the school of theater Ah. But instead, go to film school where all the filmmakers hang out, so that I could befriend them and be in their stuff. Which actually, it worked to a certain degree. Yeah, except except that, that it also
1: which it also it worked out because the theater school was not as hard to get into as the film
0: school. Yeah.
1: So I like how you're thinking is like you know what I'm not even worrying about how hard it is to get into these schools. I'm just gonna go into the film school.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think of, it never crossed my mind that <laughs> you know really. But what happened was I ended up actually liking the filmmaking process more and I started kind of, I don't know, I started kind of dreading being on set just as an actor because we started doing, I mean, it just was like inevitable that I would have to do some crazy stuff just because of how I sort of started doing things in comedy and it was just like, Oh yeah. Dunk yourself in this pudding. And like, you know, it's like, Oh God, yeah, I bet you guys so should watch
1: this. burn 616. this 616 is where Alex <laughs> did all of his crazy things. Uh, but yeah, no, I get you. Um, I actually did acting when I was younger and then got into the filmmaking thing once my parents once my, actually my aunt got a really good camera that like the first FireWire cameras we could hook it up to your computer and all that Ooh, uh, and fancy.
0: I and I kind of was just like, "Oh, this is this is a lot
1: more fun. I yeah. can do
0: this and this and this." Um it's also there's something about especially at that level, you know, when you're talking about like student stuff, there's something about having the control and mm, versus not having mm-hmm. the control. When you're on a student project and you have no control, it's incredibly frustrating sometimes because yeah. you know not everyone knows what they're doing. Uh, it's not really very efficient, and oh, not things don't go as they are planned. A never, lot, never. So you, as an actor, just sometimes feel like you're floating down a river towards a waterfall. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: And have no control
0: over. You you're just gonna stop can't get not. out.
1: Yeah, I get you. Um, that that makes complete sense. And. I mean it's also especially when you're starting out in acting there's so much like shit you have to go through. It's kind of like the idea like nowadays as a filmmaker you can just start making films right away with a camera phone but a lot of people think that to be an actor you got to go through the hiring an agent, getting a manager, paying for acting yeah. classes, all stuff like that.
0: There are a lot of hoops you got to jump through yeah. and it is man, I mean I could go on and on about how the the process that actors have to go through is just like mind-bogglingly oh. inefficient and stupid. It's pretty. Dumb. Just the whole casting process is crazy to me, and it's so. I don't know. It's almost like the way actors are sort of treated by. They're just a people. commodity, a
1: throwaway commodity by by many people, especially if you're not a big name. Yeah, they're just they don't care about their actor's time. Or it's pretty upsetting. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so. That being said, what can actors do to kind of, I would say, stack the deck in their favor? And that is to start making their own projects. Yeah. Um, now, this doesn't mean...
0: <coughs> wow.
1: <coughs> Excuse me again, guys. This doesn't mean necessarily that they have to write and direct it and all on that, but they can just start producing things, you know? Find friends that... Are writers yeah. and all that um you know it might be a little daunting if people are actors and like wait no i have to add another thing to my arsenal i have to learn how to like film stuff and all that i don't want to do that
0: but yeah i think what i found um just from talking to other actors and stuff is there are there are kind of a lot i would say more than i would have expected who are interested in sort of learning it you know what i mean and wanting to sort of dive in and take the control because that's really what it comes down to. Because even if you're producing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you still if you don't know anything about filmmaking and you're just sort of like arranging it, you still don't have the control necessarily because yeah. you won't be able to like make the decisions on set mm-hmm. that could, you know, yeah affect the way things go. So I I would suggest that actors do you know, that want to, like, sort of start making their own projects, they do kind of, like, dive in a little bit more than just sort of, like, trying to put a team together to do it for them. You know what I mean? Okay,
1: yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, I mean, I feel they can outsource some things if they don't feel they're a good writer. They don't like writing. You could find somebody who well, yeah, can write. oh yeah, definitely. Um, or if you're not, you know, you can outsource some of it because, and this is one of the good things about living in L.A. or New York and stuff like that is there's always people around who are willing to work with people to just kind of, practice or build their network up or build their skill set up um you know it's funny that we say actors should learn all aspects because as a director i took acting classes in college just to get a better idea of how to relate to actors and how to direct actors by speaking their language as they say yeah um and so i would recommend that for actors hey look at you ah you had to make love to a chair school oh yeah maybe had the same teacher
0: Make love to a chair. What a what a delicate way to put it.
1: Well, that's yeah. how my teacher put it. Yeah. I had to buy the chair roses and wow. all that stuff. Champagna. I don't know where that's the champagna
0: went. Impressive. Yeah, I know. All I had to do was...
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez, that went real dark. Um, All right, from that thing... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so what is a good way would you think if somebody if, if there's an actor out there and they're like, "You know what i 'm not getting any roles that I want i 'm not getting the parts that I really want. What do you think is a good way for them to start making their own projects to kind of put themselves out there
0: um I would say the first thing I would do is sort of like like you said approach some other people, like try to find other people that could you can sort of like team up with to sort of guide you through the process because I do think it would be hard to do it all by yourself from scratch. You know, like if you yeah. haven't done any of it and all of a sudden you're trying to like produce something, it could be really difficult and to then just like edit and dive in. Yeah. So if you have a filmmaker friend who you guys can kind of like become a duo or like, you know, partners or whatever and like make stuff that you guys want to make. Um but work together as a team, I feel like that's probably the best place to start. And I think a good place to do that is just like through your network or projects that you have been in sort Mm -hmm. of like reaching out to those people, um, going to film festivals, things like that. And, uh, just trying to meet other people that have a similar sort of viewpoint as you and just want to make stuff.
1: Yeah. I I think, and again, as I say, like it's a lot easier in LA to find those people. Um, you know, there are websites, you know, Facebook has groups for filmmakers in specific areas, um, that you could join. Um, you know, just because you're in an area that may not be, it's hard to say cause you know, it's like, well, if you're in Cleveland, Ohio, I, I don't want to sound like a dick here, but if you're in Cleveland, Ohio trying to be an actor and looking for people to help make your project, you may not be serious about acting because you're in Cleveland, Ohio. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, most of the time, if you really are into acting, you're going to have to come out to LA or New York sometime, maybe Atlanta and Vancouver as well. But New York and, and LA are the big hubs for casting directors and agents and all that. So, you know, if you're in one of those two cities, you there would be an easy you're probably gonna know somebody who has knows some aspect of filmmaking or know somebody who knows somebody.
0: Yeah, and that being said, I think you'd be surprised at how many filmmakers there are out there in the wild, yeah. you know, whether they're in a small town or not. I think it's one of those things where now it, Especially now, because you can get the the stuff from Amazon like delivered to you from Amazon mm-hmm. to make a project that's know? true, yeah, so I don't think it's necessarily like if you're in a place that isn't one of these hubs, it's going to be more difficult, but I don't think you should necessarily say, "Oh well, I can't do it."
1: No, no, absolutely not i mean it, it there's always somebody i mean we on people that have reached out to us are all over the world um, try to make films. So there's, there's a, you know, there's an industry. It may be smaller than other places, but you can find people anywhere. Yeah. Um, there's everyone is just kind of enthralled by the idea of making a film. So you, you'd be able to find people that can help you with your project there. So yeah, I'd say first, first step is just to kind of reach out, see your network and see who you know that can help you with your project. Um, you know, there's some great stories, uh, Oh, what? I'm gonna forget her name. Is it, I'm gonna mispronounce her name. Is it Britt Marling? I believe so. Is that I think that's right. So she, uh, if you guys haven't seen Sound of uh, My Voice or uh, mm-hmm. Another Earth,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she was an actress. Or the O A. The O A. She was an actress that um, wasn't getting the roles that she wanted, wasn't getting cast. So she teamed up with a friend of hers who was a director, and she wrote these two movies called Another Earth and Sound of My Voice and she was able to get them shot super cheaply and shot two films one at night and one night during the day um it was and playing different characters so it was very interesting and you know this was just projects she she did granted this is an extreme case but they both got accepted to Sundance you know launched yeah. her career but that just shows you she was an actress that just wasn't getting her, her the role she wanted she wrote two scripts and got them made into features and that launched her
0: yeah i think it's interesting to think about i mean obviously it hinged on the fact that she had you know really great ideas and talent to write them but yeah. i think i think um a lot of actors have sort of an inherent understanding of storytelling and things like that and mm-hmm. um especially you know the more projects you do you sort of understand yeah just like without necessarily thinking too much about it, the idea of three act structure and things like that. Yeah. And with just a little help, you could probably turn your ideas into an actual story.
1: Yeah, and I got got to think that if an actor has read enough scripts for preparing for roles, they'll get kind of get ingrained with them how a script goes about, like yeah. getting made. Yeah. Uh, so they should. You you should. You you could be able to write something. You know, maybe maybe not a feature length film, but a, a short. So um, totally. You know, you could write something in your free time. You know, it's kind of one of those things when you do one aspect. It, this happens to me all the time. When I do one aspect of filmmaking, either it's directing or you know. Uh, grip or gaff, helping out Alex or editing something, or even going to see a movie it gets my creative juices flowing. So, yep. like, just writing like a short will get your creative juices flowing, and just kind of build on that, and you'll get you know this idea that okay, I want to get a group of people together, I want to get this going, I want to create my own thing right now because I'm tired of waiting around for everyone else to say that I'm good enough.
0: Yeah, and I think it's um, one of the the things that I I see a lot of people do right when they're sort of like starting out it's kind of like the film school uh trap or like uh-huh. the, the first time director trap yeah. is to just make like a short film about two people talking in a room Ooh. you know what i mean mm. it's very common don't it happens all the time but i think don't um you know for for actors whose goal is to you know, show what they can do or, like, be in a project that they can show off, you have to think of it more, like, beyond just, like, having a scene to put in your reel, I think, you know? Yeah. Like, you actually want to make an entire film, like, not just a scene, but, like, a a story that has a beginning, middle, and end and maybe has a little bit of scope uh, because yeah. because that's going to be more impressive even mm-hmm. on your reel in, like, clips, but also being able to send that movie off to festivals and things and, like, Actually, show it to people and and have them be entertained mm-hmm. and see like a whole story. I think that is going to be ultimately more beneficial than just shooting like a two person dialogue well,
1: scene. Yeah, exactly what you said um, is you want this to be seen. This isn't like a reel that you're going to add to your other stuff and and put out there. You want this to be seen by as many eyes because it's so you like you said you want it to be a story because the goal of this these projects when you're doing your own project is to get them in festivals short festivals put them online and make it good so you're not just showcasing you know it's a, It's not a reel it's a. It's an actual product that showcases your acting skills and it's good you gotta make it good enough that it can get out there in festivals to be seen by more people and I think that's what a lot of people don't get is that you know it's almost I know in LA there's a lot of services that an actor goes in they record a scene with somebody and the person will edit it to make it for their reel this is not that right this is the better it is, the more time you put into it, the more coherent a story is, the more places it will be seen, Yeah. and thus the more places you'll be seen.
0: And I'm not sure exactly what, I mean, I could be totally wrong about this, but I just feel like you could, you can kind of just pick out, and if you were to look at an actor's reel, mm-hmm. you can pick out the things that were shot just as a thing for the reel versus the things that were um, like whole films. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah um that's just my opinion i'm sure there are other casting directors that agree with that some of them that don't but um now would you say would you say if
1: they had a good short that they're the star of okay would you say that that's a better calling card than a reel that shows all the small things they've been in that nobody's seen
0: man again like i have so many opinions about this well tell me your opinion I i don't think are like correct or popular amongst but like the are, people but you are you
1: are a director and a producer that is going to be hiring that's these people true, so
0: but how would you handle it okay well i do think so and i actually think that you do think what i think that having a short film that's really good that mm-hmm. embodies like whatever the the thing is that you're going out for mm-hmm. would be way better than a reel of just like assorted things that are like varying in quality And, um, I agree. I completely agree. I mean, okay. So for me, there's two things that I've realized in this, uh, in this industry from my, my long years on this earth. (laughs) Um, the first one is a big one and it's that executives, people, they don't have as good of as an imagination as they think they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Showing them something that is, like, poor quality in terms of, like, the visuals and audio, mm-hmm. something that um, isn't really relevant mm-hmm. to the thing, they, they're they not as good at making the leap as they claim they are. You know what I mean? Like, they're not as good as saying, okay, well, I see that this was shot on VHS tapes. Yep. I see that um, the audio's not great. But the performance is really good. I could definitely see them in this part. I'm going... You know what I mean? Like, they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so much more inclined... Like, the the chances of that are so slim compared to showing them something that's pretty nice and polished mm-hmm. that also has a good performance and is in the same realm. Like, that's so much better.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Because, I mean, I, I agree because I also look at... Reels is almost like cherry picked. Like this is the best scene from this thing, and they could have been, not saying they are, but they could have been terrible. The rest of it, so I always am weary about reels because it's almost like.
0: Well, not y- only that, but if you if that's the way you think about it, if those scenes aren't like spectacular, then yeah, this is like yeah. just doesn't that exactly. just like signal to you that it's not great? Yeah, exactly. Like, in general,
1: because like oh well, this is the best ones you have, and this isn't that great. But if I was to see something with a coherent and almost see like character arcs in there, and then p- play those character arcs rather than like thirty seconds of them talking to somebody and screaming about how they miss their mom and crying, I am gonna probably go with the short and be like, you know what? I saw, I saw a full breath of a performance.
0: Yeah, and this is a, this goes back to my whole problem with guests. I feel like casting directors should go to plays, they should go to screenings mm-hmm. and, and indie film festivals and and all that kind of stuff, and actually see full performances. Um, I know that's asking a lot, and there's no way they could see as many people that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The whole headshot thing, is just it's crazy to me. Crazy. I know. Okay. All back right. to this.
1: Yeah, back to this. We could, we could rant about actors and how they get the short end of the stick for a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so back to the idea of doing their own stuff. So if they don't have their own equipment, yeah. what do they do? Because I mean, it, but I think this is kind of answered this earlier.
0: Kind of get a network together. Get a network together. But also, I think you probably do have equipment that you can use. It's not going to be the best equipment. Um, you know, you can shoot stuff with your phone. Yep. Um, you can get some lights from Home Depot or yeah, like just use true. the practical lights you have in your house. It is, it's It's going to be a learning curve. Let that's me, let that's me what just, I was going like, to say. Like, like, let me just point this out. Yeah. You're not going to like pick up a camera, no matter what the camera is, and just make a good project, you know what I mean? It's going to take time, you're going to have to learn certain things, and it's going to be a process, uh, perhaps a longer process than you want. I don't know. Uh, but it's definitely worth it, I think, in the long run.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the problem with, the one problem I have with the lighting and all that, like where you say, just go to like Home Depot and use your cell phone and all that. They're already iffy on wanting to do a project as if they were wanting to focus on being an actor, that it It's going to get frustrating really quickly if they have to try and light something because, you know, they want to put their best foot forward and they want to light something with Home Depot lights. I think Home Depot lights are for college students and people that have like had the luxury of being able to work with the better
0: lights and be like, hey, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. Definitely. And I also think that, I mean, like you said, as an actor, you probably should not be lighting your own movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although I do think it would be good for you to know some things That's about true. it because That's true. I also know that actors um, you want to look as good as possible in these mm-hmm. things, you know? So knowing whether or not um, a person kind of knows what they're doing and knows how to get a better, the best um, image out of whatever you have yep. could be a valuable skill, even if you're not the one actually lighting it. Yeah.
1: No, I, I get it. I just... I mean, yes, lighting for me even is can be very frustrating, and using subpar equipment makes it even more frustrating. Yeah. So I, you know, yes, if they if they want to dive right in and they they have uh, the hands on like, they have the mentality of like you know what I'll just do it until it's good because I'm just doing it on my own whatever. Yeah. Then that's fine. Uh, just know that you know an actor is going to get frustrated.
0: This is this is making me think that that we should. Uh make like a video or something or like a se- cuz I feel like there's like five things that you can do to really sort of take your project from zero, 0 to 50 at least Ooh, 50. you know what I mean okay like really quickly uh-huh i think there's and they're easy you know what i mean yeah maybe that would be useful for people because i think the the things that are difficult or that that really Stand out are easily correctable, like composition. Mm-hmm. You know, like That's true. using soft light versus hard light. That's
1: true. You know what um I mean? and how like to easily do that, yeah, that might be a good good video out there. I mean, uh especially geared towards actors, but yeah. geared towards anybody. Um yeah. the idea that like these are the five things you should focus on because it, it comes down to that. If you can get five things like composition and soft lighting and stuff like that, you can have a passable yeah. passable film. Exactly, and it's you know it's nobody's expecting it to be, you know, a fifty thousand dollars short. No, um, definitely not. But they just want to see. Yeah, you can work up to that, and and or you can at least just make it passable so that your talent is on display, and it's not, and people aren't distracted by the things that they feel are wrong in the film, other than your acting. Yeah, they like because if you're if you're hoping to have people look at your short film as an actor and say, you know what, that person. Really has the chops, and I like it. And they put together a film. The one thing, the, the stuff that will take them out of it is like lighting and all that, and then they won't even be focused on your acting. So, yeah, there are some th- certain things you could do, and maybe we'll, we'll figure that out and blast that up online or something like that. And, and, uh, you know, just to try and help give them a the helping hand, actors, on how to make a film that's passable so that their performance is what shines and not the things that are missing in terms of the technical side.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Now, let's talk about acting and directing which is something that trevor and i have tried yeah together which is actually interesting because uh so trevor and i made a project i think we've talked about it before where we both were in it oh yeah and we both directed it and we were the main really like basically the only characters in it Mm -hmm. there were a couple others but yeah and so it was the type of thing where when Trevor was in it and I wasn't, I was shooting. When I was in it and he wasn't, he was shooting. And then when we were both in it, we tried to just <laughs> like set it and hope Forget for the it. best. Yeah. Uh, not not a recommended no, um, not at all. path to take. But what's interesting, I think, going back to the idea of like teaming up with people, if you and another filmmaker are bo- or another actor are both interested in sort of getting into this, you can sort of form a partnership where... It's like a team, you're both directing and making and acting, Mm -hmm. um, and you can work it out better than Trevor and I did, probably.
1: (laughs) Um, That that one was hard because um, we were the crew, the actors, and we were everything. Yeah, it was
0: literally just us, and then there were a couple scenes with another actor.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, I think one example that I always go back to is the 100-Hour Film Festival, um, Alex's friends, Rose and Matt, who uh oh just had a baby. Congratulations. Congrats. Um they are both actors. Um
0: yeah. and they're and, both also film uh uh filmmakers. So yes. it's like they're both of both.
1: Yeah. So they, they are actors first, I would say, and then they got into filmmaking. Yeah. Um and so they we were doing this hundred hour film festival and so they were kind of like both acting in it, so they were able to Kind of one person was able to direct, while the other one was acting and stuff like that.
0: So, and Trevor and I were the crew on that one. Yeah, basically. so it made it a little
1: bit easier for them.
0: Yeah, um, yeah so that's that, probably the ideal way to do it. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not the way we did it. No,
1: man, yeah, the way we did it was stupid, <laughs> but out of necessity. But no, but going back to what Alex says, find another actor that's interested in filmmaking a little bit. And you know, again, we this isn't saying like you guys have to be aspiring directors. No you know, if you're, if you're an actor, you may just be interested in all aspects of filmmaking. You know, I'm, I'm a director and an editor and sometimes cinematographer, but I'm also, you know, I get interested in sound and all that, even though I push that you should hire a sound (laughs) guy, but you know, enough to like read up on it and read up on equipment and all that. So just find an actor that is interested in filmmaking and kind of team up with them. So, you know, when you're you could talk before a scene that you're acting in and then they'll be able to watch your performance and give you tips, which may even be better tips because they're also an actor and they'll be able to relate to you better and tell you how to, you know, bring out the performance that you wanted. Um, so just build your network. Um, you know, it is possible acting direct, uh, people do it all the time to some great success and some not. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's hard. Um, but it is. It's also time consuming because yeah. you end up running back and forth from being in front of the camera to the to behind the camera to watch the takes and stuff like that. There is like extra stuff that goes into it as well as also
1: being um uh, you know having to get out of the mode of being in character to being director then getting back in character and remembering your lines and all that. So it's like yeah. I get it. It's uh it's, it, tough. It, it's tough but it's something you can do. Um it's just just all of this. Know that it's going to take be a little undertaking, but if you are determined, it it pays off.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Good good one Trevor. Hey,
1: thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I mean like I think the biggest thing is just surround yourself with other like-minded actors and filmmakers. Filmmakers always want actors, actors always need filmmakers. So if you are, you know, if you're tired of sitting around as an actor waiting for that call to come in about the next role you're going to get, you know, if you have an idea in the back of your head, just write it down, jot it down, and the next time you're around with somebody, they'll maybe be able to be like, hey, guess what?
0: Yeah, um, that's a cool idea. I want to do that. Exactly. I mean, we see that happen all the time. And also, I'd, I'd say if you're a filmmaker, mm. not not an actor, uh, be aware that there are a bunch of actors out there that are interested in this and kind of want to participate in projects in this way. And maybe it could be a cool thing to go to the local acting school. Yeah. Um and chat it up with those people because not only will you, um, you know, meet a lot of people that are you know collaborators, uh, but you'll be able to form a network yourself of actors to um, have in your project that are you know really good and have yeah. you know worked a lot at their craft and stuff like that. So I think that's a really good way. It's it's good for both parties.
1: You'll see a lot of times. It's funny because people always will wonder, well, why does this director work with this actor all the time? Well, it's because they met early in their careers and they just worked well together and they keep using the same people. Um,
0: yeah. I think that's, that, that is really common because what happens or what starts to happen is as you're writing naturally, mm-hmm. you start to think about people yep. in certain roles. Yeah. Um, if you're just writing with no one in mind, or you might be writing with like celebrities in mind or something that you you have, but, that's obviously not going to happen if you're making just like a low budget short yep. or something. Mm-hmm. So if you know all these actors and uh, um, you can sort of like say, oh, yeah, this person would be really great in this type of part. I'll write that type of part for this person because I know they could really nail it Yeah, or whatever. And that kind of like not only helps you shape your stories a little bit and take like what your idea is and get it off the ground because you have this sort of team of people that you know can be in it that will help you work through sort of the kinks of the screenplay itself. Um, I don't know. I just think that's
1: yeah, useful. Mean, one thing that one, one team that comes to my mind all the time is James Gunn and Michael Rooker. Um, mm-hmm. who, uh, Mike, he puts Michael Rooker in everything because yeah. they're just great friends and he knows what kind of parts he can play. And so he, he always can find a play a part for him.
0: Yeah, or, uh, or uh, Johnny Depp and uh, what's his face? Mm, yeah, what's his face? Yep,
1: Tim Burton, there you
0: go. Um,
1: you know, it's just start your relationships now and you never know. when If you meet a director that you really like working with and you guys are both starting out, one of you takes off, the other one comes along for the fun.
0: Again, this was my idea going into college. <laughs> and I have to say, it was a pretty great idea.
1: <laughs> Did you ever think in college you'd be stuck with me as a business
0: partner? No, no oh, way. Cursed. I, You've been cursed. I thought for sure... I was going to be, you know, rolling in movie gigs, and that's not true. I had no So no I, I've been that.
1: holding you back for so long. I apologize.
0: I had no, I had no thoughts. You had that such that a bright future, a then
1: you met me, and I just brought you down with me.
0: And then it became real dark and scary. I taught you. Sad and rainy. I
1: taught you about the joys of sitting on the couch and eating sticks of butter. My God, it's good. It's surprisingly good. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the dark
0: side. <laughs> that's good. I taught you about putting mayonnaise on hot dogs.
1: That's true. Thank you for that. <laughs> Sounds good right now. Oh, my my appetite's coming back. I'm getting better. Mm.
0: Good, good, good,
1: good, good, good.
0: Um. So should we talk about? Um. Well, I guess we already kind of talked about like what they can do with their projects after the fact. Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, once you get into, not to plug our own podcast, but once you get into a, a short that you made, you know, listen to our podcast about like film festivals and shorts and all that. Like once you have a project, don't look at it as like just a calling card or like a uh, uh, something that can sh- quote unquote showcase your talents. Look into something
0: that is as an actual film, as an
1: actual film, because if you push it around, if you go out there and you know put it into film festivals and put it on
0: you know put Facebook, on Vimeo get maybe try to get like a highlighted on Vimeo or get yeah, uh, Vimeo does uh,
1: staff picks of the week, do stuff like that, mm-hmm. then. You're gonna get more noticed. You're 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 gonna get more eyes on your project, thus more eyes on your performance, and your opportunity is gonna grow. And so once you're done with your short, or if you do a feature, yeah. Once you're done, look at it as how can I get this in front of people's eyes, not just agents.
0: Yeah, send it out to distributors. Yeah, you know? there, are, there, there are because now it's a viable are product. Distributors Uh-oh. for short films. Ooh, it's really strange, but yeah, it's a strange little. Do they package World. them together? Sometimes, yeah. okay. You can do all sorts of stuff. I mean, there's like there actually are kind of little outlets for <laughs> short films out there. Um, and if you have a sales agent or distributor or a manager or whatever, um, sending it out, you could you can get on some of these things.
1: There you go. I did not. I you know what? I didn't even realize that they had distributors for short films. Don't know what they what the goal is with that, but okay.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say they are necessarily like specifically short film distributors, but they some some uh sort of like uh streaming platforms have short film sections or they have like specific sections for like um student films or for uh film festival films and stuff like that. So. And
1: not to be not to be, you know, getting your hopes up or anything, but the Academy Awards has a has a short feature, has a short film uh, it award. It does. So, it you does. know, it. and the, the, the Cannes Film Festival has one as well. So, indeed, it's you know, it's not just because you made a short that you wanted to make so that you could quote unquote show what you got doesn't mean that it just has to end there. Um, yeah,
0: it could, it could get awards, it could get all that stuff. And I think it's also good to look at people. Oh uh, man, there's a movie that is coming out. I think A24 picked it up. It's um, crap, I can't remember what it was called, but it's basically it was made by this poop stick. No, Damn it. that wasn't. It. No,
1: just blind to your crap. Oh, that yeah. So cute.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um fart nugget, It was, forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pig whistle. <laughs> um but anyway, this lady wrote the script. Okay. Uh it was based on her own life and actual events and things that were really important to her and okay. she made this feature for I think 30 grand. Ended up having to or wanting to reshoot it because it didn't come out quite as she expected. Okay. Reshot it. Um, and it got picked up by A24. Really? Released theatrically, I do believe. I got to look this up. And I think, um, you know, that's something good to remember is like stories that are really close to you, really important to you. I feel like those are the things that, especially first time filmmakers are like early on. Um can sort of be easier to do because it's like that old saying, right? What you know, but also it's just more personal. You'll have more stake in it. You'll want to get it done more. You'll have more care with it um, and things like that. So I think that could be, um, you know, something to think about. Like what are some of the experiences you've had in your life that you think would resonate with other people or make for a good story? And those might be the ones you want to try to tell first or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, and it, I mean,
1: it, it, like you said, it, it's treat it as like it's a project, not just a calling card, and make it something that that is important to you. Um, and that means you're gonna give it more care, give it more attention, and probably come out with a better product. Um, you know, everyone has a story that they think is dumb, or you know, that they really like, but they think other people think is dumb, or all that. But that could be a that could be a, a short film that because it's something that happened to you or somebody you knew um you put more care into it you really put a lot of feeling and emotion into it and it turns out to be something that's great um so don't sell yourself short everyone's got some ideas for stories in the back of their mind no matter what business they're in but if you're an actor you definitely probably are thinking about like oh wouldn't this be a cool story wouldn't this be a cool story um so yeah did you find it no i didn't i found well i found it oh what's it called it's called never going back Oh, God, I found, uh, I typed in all the keywords of what you said, and it came with a Jessica Chastain movie about her in the 1940s, so.
0: <laughs> no, this one's never going back by director Augustine Frizzell. Um,
1: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right.
0: So check that out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. It's kind of a a, a stoner comedy romp.
1: Oh, you know what? I heard about that. I did not know it was like uh, just... A woman that just kind of like was writing kind of her memoirs or kind of thing.
0: Yeah. That's cool. I don't know what the final project or final budget of the the, the, the one that is going to be released Mm -hmm. is because I believe they actually shot the whole thing over again. You know, so it was like 30 grand or something for the first one. I think they shot the whole thing over again for another low budget, but probably slightly higher than that. Is she an actress? I think she was an actress, maybe...
1: Um, Well, this will just show you guys because I just looked up Augustine Frizzell and she's in the next, the last movie of Robert Redford, The Old Man and the Gun. She's in that movie. So that's why I asked if she was an actress. Oh, interesting. So maybe she did this movie, got, uh, you know, did her thing. I don't know. She's an actress. So it looks like she was an actress and just decided to do her own thing. Yeah, she did three shorts and then never going back. So yeah, she was an actress. She was in like, um, what's is it? Um, yeah, this is really empowering podcasts as we're just you know sitting here looking at the internet, just googling. She things. was in a ghost story. She was in Pete's Dragon. Um, oh yeah. So she was an actress, and then she probably just wanted to give her give her a chance at uh, writing and directing. So you never know if you're an actor, you never know what you could fall in love with in terms of filmmaking.
0: That's true. That's true. I didn't realize I was going to fall in love with it, but I did. I did. Oh, so I beautiful. Back.
1: So yeah, I mean, meet up with people, meet up with like-minded actors or just people that want free actors. You know what? There's no shame in that. There's a lot of people out there that want free actors and there's a lot of actors that want free directors and you know equipment to use. So meet those same people yeah and and you'll be uh happy and, and make that project because it the only thing that's gonna happen is it's gonna get your name out there a little bit more. people see it um uh, people probably see it more than they will see your real and you never mm-hmm. who could you know put their eyes in front of it
0: yeah and and if you want us to make that little video series or something yeah, about yeah. Um, some things you could do to increase the um production value or in the uh, the look of your films. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Let us know that you want us to do that. Otherwise, we won't.
1: No. We have too much stuff to do We've got right. so much stuff to do. So, so much busy. stuff. We're super busy.
0: But if you tell us that you want us to do it. We please the audience. Yeah, we try that's to a, please.
1: That's what we try to do. I think that'll do it, huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think.
0: We kind of went, we went around circles we there. We went crazy in circles on that one. Um, but I think you get the point. You guys get the idea. You guys, you're smart. You know what we're talking about. figured it
1: out. We don't know what we're talking about, but you do. Yeah. That's what makes you guys so much smarter than us.
0: All right. So
1: what's cool, Alex? What's cool? Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. What do you think is cool?
0: All right. So there's something that's cool and also uncool Uh at the same time. Okay. So there's this thing called the, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Leowa 24 millimeter. I
1: would say Leowa.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a 24 millimeter probe lens. This thing Which, looks insane. It almost looks like a short broomstick at the end of your camera. It's very. Thin. I wouldn't even say short broomstick. This thing is long. It's long. It's like. It's long. And so, probe lenses are cool. They've been around for a long time. They call. Mm-hmm. It, um, sometimes they're called like snorkel lenses and stuff like that. But they used to use them a lot. Um, ones that have like right angles and stuff like that for yeah. for miniatures. You would yep. be able to stick the lens really far down there because that's kind of what sells the miniatures is being able to get the camera on the same plane that it would be yep um in real life so you kind of need these little small probe lenses
1: and they're also they're also very useful in like nature photography and getting very small objects up close and
0: yeah it's also a macro
1: yeah it's also a macro um
0: so this is a kickstarter that i saw very, very cool, and it seems to have, it has like little LEDs on the front, so you can stick it in things and light it up if you're shooting nature stuff and you want to see like inside an ant hill or something, I don't know.
1: The goal was $9,999, and it made
0: $667,000? Good job, guys. What? Okay, but here's what's uncool about it. Uh-oh. The video that I first saw this thing on, on Facebook. I saw that video too. It... Bothered me quite a bit because it showed them shooting something out of the lens. Did you see that?
1: I don't know if I saw that part.
0: It, I don't. I don't know if they made it or if someone else put it together as like a this is a funny hoax video. But I saw a video where they reportedly it was like this lens shoot your lens out like a like a bullet through the thing, and it showed them shooting like a book, and it showed something coming out of the lens. And flying through the book, and then they showed a shot that was reportedly from this lens that shoots out of your camera. Um, I don't know; it was it was really dumb. I didn't
1: see that part. Is that, it supposedly telescopic?
0: They, I don't know. I mean, it was just fake. It was totally fake. That's all it was. And uh, people were like, "Oh my god, it's so cool! How does it do this?" And I'm, I'm just very annoyed by that.
1: That sounds weird. I'm trying to. I'm, look, I'm on their Kickstarter right now, and I'm looking. It's, I don't think it's on their Kickstarter. It was just a Facebook video that went around. Um, they're shooting food on this video. Is that the one you're talking about?
0: Are they actually like... Is it? Is there a projectile firing out of the lens? A projectile? So it's not the lens. It's something shooting out of the lens? Yeah. Well, that's what they were pretending happens, but that's not what actually happens, guys. It's just a lens. What were they trying to
1: like pretend it was happening? That it was like shooting salt or something? No. They, oh, I see it. I see it. It's going into a book. Yeah. And a book cover. Yeah. What the hell is that? It's it's not real. That's what it is. The whole book looks CGI. I
0: know. It's very strange.
1: What the oh uh, oh well yeah that's a uh, that's unfortunate. False advertising. Yeah. Uh, moving on, moving on. Um. Okay. So what I like, what I think is cool is now this is this is piqued my interest because we are Panasonic Vericam owners. Um, but. Panasonic is releasing a free LUT library for the Panasonic Veracam and Evo One cameras. Nice. Um, For those who don't know what LUTs are, those are lookup tables and they kind of give your it's kind of like presets for the color of your camera footage. Um,
0: Yeah, it kind of lets you view it because when you're shooting log or raw, it's not really meant to be viewed that way. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of normalizes it, so you can actually see what you are doing.
1: Yep, and you can put
0: it; you can bake it
1: right into the footage, or you can just put it. You can install it on a on a monitor and all that. But uh, usually, some you have to pay for. But Panasonic is releasing free ones.
0: Nice, and that's for good people because like us. I am, it's good because you know it's like straight from them. Yeah, so you know it's... you can get a lot of LUTs from from people, and um, you know some of them. Sometimes you want to use creative LUTs and things like that, or make your own LUTs. But sometimes you just want a nice normalized LUT that you can just like use and without having to like do a bunch of testing beforehand. Yeah. And just
1: know it's reliable and it's coming from a reliable source. And I mean, yeah, that's awesome. And and the fact that they're giving away for free, very cool, supporting their users. Big fan of that. I'm a big fan of Panasonic ever since we got the VeriCam. They've been awesome. Yep. Um, Very open, very uh, communicative and very uh, open with their. And friendly. Yeah. Very friendly. Very friendly. They have a lot of um,
0: events you can go yeah. to and just check out their new stuff, try their stuff out, so ask some questions. I like it. Chalk this one up to them being even more friendlier. Right on. More friendlier? More Fri- the more friendliest.
1: friendliest. Friendliest. There we go. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> Good job, Panasonic. Love it. Love it. Love it.
0: Uh, so the next thing I saw was a Chimera panel lantern, Ooh. which uh, if you aren't familiar with Shimera, they make uh, soft boxes and, mm-hmm. and things called pancakes and lanterns and stuff like that um this one is a new one it's a modifier for um uh what are they called light gears yes mm. light gears. so light gear makes light mats yep and, and things like that uh this one's specifically for light gears products and it's a lantern that goes over their products which is almost like a little dome it's mm. like a little white dome um which i love lanterns a lot because they're really handy for things like table scene, like when people are sitting around tables mm-hmm. or it's, you got two people across from each other, it's like you stick a lantern right between them and you got yeah. a nice little softy, Oh yeah. Softy key mm-hmm. on them, stuff like that. So I would, uh, I would check that out. If you, and also the, the cool thing about Light gear stuff is that it's so thin and light. Ugh. You can just stick that thing anywhere.
1: You can, yeah, you can hang that easily with just a bunch of stuff. You get at home Depot. You don't need a lot of support for those things.
0: No, you could, um, I don't know about with the lantern on it, but without, you can just tape them up to the ceiling, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the lantern doesn't look like it's all that heavy. So I find it hard to believe that it's going to add that much more weight to it. Yeah. is usually pretty lightweight, and they do a really good job of keeping their weight down because they know it's an, a modifier that you add on to lights, which just people don't want heavier lights. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. I, I like that. I love Chimera stuff. I love light, uh, light gear stuff. Um, very cool. Very cool. Um, and then the last one for me is, as we are getting into the age of 4K footage being the norm, you need storage, and Samsung has got you covered with 4 terabyte SSDs.
0: Ooh, Ooh boy. Boy. Now, that's pretty cool.
1: Now, the rumor is, from Alex is telling me, that the rumor is there'll be about $1,000 when they're released.
0: That's not the rumor. I just asked if you thought that they would be more than $1,000. Oh,
1: well, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good one.
0: I would say... Because... A one terabyte right now, is like what one hundred and six or two hundred and something? Yeah, two hundred
1: sixty. Uh, yeah, two sixty. Because I think your 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 five hundred gigabytes are looking like a one twenty, one fifty. So yeah.
0: So if you had four two sixties, yeah, in one little package, they're probably premium. It's probably like a little premium on there. Mm-hmm. And so I was guesstimating. I not would a thousand say. Or like a little over I'm trying a to remember
1: how much the one terabytes came out for. I think they were a thousand when they came out.
0: My God! <clears> and so it's four grand.
1: No, 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 no. I would say because you know it's like as everything gets cheaper when they release something new, it's usually yep. the price of what the other the new the old new stuff was when it came. out. I would say probably about a thousand dollars, maybe a little bit more, maybe twelve hundred, twelve fifty. I mean, that's, but, just not, that's just not that
0: bad. For that's a, not that for, bad. I mean. Solid state is so if you nice. Guys,
1: if you guys are editing or doing post work and you do not have a solid state, buy do yourself a favor, buy one, install it as your main operating drive, and then get another one to like render. You will notice such a huge difference. It's ridiculous. Your programs will open faster. Your programs will run smoother. Um, it's oh, it's just fantastic. It's I fantastic. love SSDs. And now that they have four terabytes. Um, on that note, I also saw showed this to Alex earlier Intel is coming out with this ninety eight terabyte it looks like the size of a ruler and it's for servers it's a hard drive that's it's they're long it's about the size of a ruler but they're no taller than a double a battery
0: yeah and they're for and servers you're sticking in the server so you get like a whole array of them together yeah. to make a ninety eight terabyte server or no 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 like no ninety
1: eight terabyte is one one of them what So they're talking about a thousand terabyte server or one or what they call a petabyte. No. So they're talking, you now for like half the size of a regular server rack, you can have one petabyte or a thousand terabytes. And, you know, me and Alex have these dreams of this big, huge studio where we have a render farm. If you had those things that are solid state drives, one petabyte in each rack, just blazing blazing render speeds
0: just and just like so much storage
1: yeah so much storage
0: which would be awesome because
1: i mean what what i i can only think of like somebody like granted these aren't like specifically for film so you got your you know big major companies like you know cloud storage and all that but can you imagine like pixar is gonna just gobble these up well yeah like
0: i mean i i i I can't even like really wrap my head around how long it would take for us to fill that up you I, know mean, what I
1: mean we're getting crazy cuz we have two servers here that are hopefully going to be i think 40 terabytes each and we're like ho 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 this would be like 12 times larger man Gee, uh, uh, like technology man is just getting crazy i wish i was born like 20 years later cuz this is going to be crazier and crazier <laughs> Um, so yeah I think anything else that's cool
0: I think that's it for right now yeah that was
1: it alright well that's gonna do it for this episode thank you for joining us and you know you can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 17
0: if you like this episode go ahead and leave us a comment let us know we always like to hear from you and please feel free to share it with your friends
1: yeah do that you know do the whole share thing the little like three circles with the lines connecting them share thing yeah just do it here we go and don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast and while you're there Give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined.
0: Also, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at Cinema Summit. And we will talk to you next time.
1: Hopefully when I'm not hopped up on cough medicine and coughing and just rambling off
0: of nothing. And hopefully I don't get sick. Oh, God. Then from your sickness. Oh, man, I hope not. Because you're contagious.
1: Yep. All right. Gross. I licked your coffee cup. Later!